Section 8A of Bible Defense of Slavery by Josiah Priest. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 8. As a justification of the severity of God against the race of Ham, we shall now give some account of their character, who, as will appear, are, and have always been, the faithful disciples and imitators of their lascivious and degraded father. It is not to be doubted that Ham, notwithstanding the goodness of his two brothers, Shem and Japheth, and his righteous patriarch father, was as wicked as any of the antediluvians who were destroyed in the flood. But for the sake of the divine providence, carrying into effect his plan of inhabiting the hot regions of the earth after the flood with a suitable race of men who in their constitutions and animal appetites should be fitted to the climate etc as before argued this progenitor of all the africans was taken in and preserved in the ark with the rest of noah's family a vivid as well as a frightful trait of the character of this whole people, the races of Metzarim, Cush, Phut, and Canaan, the four sons of Ham, is shown in the actions of the Sodomites in the days of Lot, the half-brother of Abraham. The Sodomites were the same people with the Canaanites, living along the great vale of the river Jordan which bounded the land of Canaan on the east toward Syria. The occasion on which their peculiar character and general behavior was manifested is familiar to every reader of the scriptures. See Genesis chapter 19, written by the hand of Moses, in substance as follows. On a certain day, as the sun was going down, there came toward the city of Sodom two young men, who, as Josephus says, were very beautiful and tall. They appeared as if weary, but manifested no inclination to enter the gates of the place, or any house wherein to rest. But Lot, who lived there, happened just then to be reclining on a seat at the gate, which was near to his dwelling within, saw the strangers, and immediately rising up, invited them to accompany him to his house, and to tarry with him till morning, of which they accepted, though apparently in a reluctant manner. Now as soon as it was dark, the men of that part of the city assailed the dwelling of Lot, demanding that the two strangers should be brought out into the street, that they might know them, as they said. This peculiar term, to know them, was fraught with a meaning, of which hell and all its inhabitants would have been ashamed had they heard it to the demand however lot objected with great vehemence saying i pray you do not so wickedly on hearing this they became enraged at lot when they said they would deal worse with him than with the strangers because he had as they pretended set himself up as a judge among them here they made a rush, crying out, Stand back, intending to seize Lot and drag him into the street, where they meant to abuse him, in the same way they intended to abuse the two young men. 
but on the instant when their rage had gone up in the scale of fury to its highest altitude and when their fingers were nerved with the deep energies of satanic violence ready to grasp their victims the two young men the strangers who stood just within put forth their hands and pulled lot into the house when they shut the door but as the sodomites pressed on to break down the door of lot's house behold they were shrouded in a deep thick darkness so that they groped about miserably not knowing where they were or what they should do for they had been struck in the midst of their fury by an invisible power with blindness in this horrid condition they spent the night seeing nothing till morning when their eyes were opened and they saw the heavens teeming with glaring meteors of flame which chased each other as in sport while others seemed to stand still looking down on the devoted region below as if they were endowed with thoughts and were watching the progress of lot's escape to the mountains beyond the plain when this was accomplished and lot and his family were safe they began the work of wrath as if the lightnings of the elements from the four winds of heaven kept holiday and yet were obedient to the beck of an awful hand which far up in the gloomy concave was seen in flaming red pointing them to their courses then fell a tempest of fire mingled with burning brimstone from the lord out of heaven destroying not only the great vale of sodom but five cities with hamlets and villages innumerable so violent and fierce was the fire that it devoured the very ground in all that region as it was composed much of a bituminous strats to a great depth in which the jordan flowed and formed the dead sea thus disappeared at one buffet of the almighty hand many ten thousands of the lewd race of ham in a way the most horrible to think of there must have been some extraordinary reason for severity so amazing as it was far more dreadful in its application than either the curse of noah the exterminating decree against the canaanites in the law of moses or their doom to perpetual slavery lewdness of the most hideous description was the crime of which they were guilty blended with idolatry in their adoration of the gods who were carved out of wood painted and otherwise made so as to represent the wild passions of lascivious desires in both male and female forms this was the character of all the hamethian race in old canaan egypt and everywhere but more especially in sodom who seem to have outdone all competitors for they gave themselves entirely over without the least reserve even going after strange flesh which signified dumb beasts see st jude verse seven as well as man after man for many particulars of the practices of the negro nations of these ages see the eighteenth and twentieth chapters of leviticus 
where it is shown that they outraged all order and decency of human society, making no difference between sisters, mothers, neighbors, wives, men, and animals in their amours and sexual commerce. Should the reader desire to know the truth on this subject, he will do well to examine the scriptures above alluded to where the crimes of these nations are set down in horrible array. To show this, we will make a brief quotation from the 18th chapter of Leviticus, verses 22 through 24, as follows. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast, to lie down thereto. It is confusion. Defile not yourselves in any of these things, for in all these the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. Now what nations did God cast out of Canaan? The answer is, he cast out seven mighty negro nations, who were more powerful and greater in numbers than were the Jews, all of whom, as said by Moses, were guilty of all the appalling deeds, set down in order in the two chapters above referred to. That such practices did prevail among the people of Ham is stated not only by Moses in his time, but Herodotus, the most ancient of the Greek historians, says the same thing respecting the Negroes of his age. The statements of this author are to be relied on, says Adam Clark in his commentary on one of the same chapters we have referred the reader to as above, namely the twentieth chapter of Leviticus, verse 16. Herodotus says that he saw, when he was in Egypt, with his own eyes, an Egyptian woman accompanying with a he-goat in the very streets of the city she lived in. The time when Herodotus traveled in Egypt and in other parts of Africa was some 450 years B.C., and more than a thousand from the time of Moses, which proves the incurable proneness of that people, the Negro race, to the most extraordinary and shameful abuses of human nature. Dr. Clark says, in the comment on Exodus chapter 22, verse 19, that it is certain, from an account in Sonini's Travels in Egypt, that lying with dumb beasts is practiced even now, as well as in the time of Moses. The goat in the New Testament see Matthew chapter 25, verse 33, is used as a symbol of all sinners. On this symbol, says Clark, quote, the goat is naturally quarrelsome, lascivious, and excessively ill-scented, and was considered a fit symbol of all riotous, profane, and impure men. Close quote. How very similar, according to the above, were these two characters, the goat and the negro. They were alike in passions, in propensities, and in their smell, both disagreeable to excess. 
Gale, the traveler, says the same thing of the Egyptians, who gives a description of a case of the kind which he saw transacted between a he-goat and an Egyptian woman. Bochart gives many examples of this character in his work. Says Adam Clark, Volume 2, Moses, Joshua, and the Jews have been accused of excessive cruelty, while prosecuting their wars against the Canaanites, in the destruction not only of men, but helpless women and children. But let such persons as are offended on account of the rigor of the Jews against the Canaanites become acquainted with the true character of those nations, as well the women as the men, and they will not hesitate to justify God, who commanded their entire extermination, and those who execute those commands. Were there a district of country within the pale of Christendom, inhabited by blacks, or any other people, who were guilty of such things as Moses, Herodotus, Gale, Bochart, and many others say they were, there would be an immediate rush of mankind, of all orders, infidel and Christian, to cut them off, and to obliterate every vestige of a people, so polluted in their propensities and deeds, from the face of the earth. The prophet Ezekiel's account of the Negroes of Egypt and Canaan, chapter 16, verses 26 and 27, corroborates all that is said above, where he speaks of them as being great of flesh, whose mischievous manners had corrupted the women of the Jews to such a degree that many of them had made themselves images of men, in imitation of the Egyptian images, and committed fornication with them, literally. The meaning of the words great of flesh, as used by the prophet Ezekiel in reference to the Egyptian Negroes, is said by an ancient writer, says Adam Clark in his comment on that place in Ezekiel, in Latin, bene vasti longa mensura incognita nervi, and applied strictly to the Negro nations on that particular, as also it does at the present time. In chapter 23 of that prophet, verses 8, 20, 21, and 27, it is stated that all the lewd abominations practiced by the Jews in his time, which was about 600 years B.C., were brought from Egypt, and learned of the Egyptians, whose flesh, says Ezekiel, verse 20, was as the flesh of asses, and their issue as the issue of horses. So gross, fierce, and brutal were they in their love of disorderly practices. But what do the scriptures mean in the above phraseology respecting the Egyptians, namely that their flesh was as the flesh of asses? Simply as follows, that between the sexual members of the negro man and the brute called an ass, there was but little difference as to elongation and magnitude. If the passage is not thus understood, then it will follow that the Egyptian Negroes, and consequently the whole Negro race, 
are not human for the prophet plainly says that their flesh was as the flesh of asses and asses are not human to allow them therefore a place among the species called man we are compelled to admit that interpretation this very singular account respecting the peculiar formation of the black race as given by that prophet is corroborated by herodotus the greek who says chapters forty eight and forty nine pages eighty five and eighty seven that the images of the sexual sign of the male of the human race as carried about the streets of egypt in the precincts of their temples on certain festival days were generally a cubit in length now the ancient cubit was from eighteen to twenty-one inches and why this imitation was carried about on the days of their religious celebrations herodotus says he was not at liberty to relate this was said by herodotus out of fear perhaps of the priests of those temples were we to venture an opinion respecting what he would have said had he been at liberty it would have been that they worshipped by the aid of that strange image the procreative principle by which means all animal life is produced the instrument of which from analogous reasoning according to egyptian theology might properly therefore be adored a god well suited to the worship of sodomites as it respects the crime of ham the youngest son of noah genesis chapter nine verses twenty two through twenty four it is believed by some and not without reason that it did not consist alone in the seeing his father's nakedness as a man but rather in the abuse and actual violation of his own mother. This opinion is strengthened by a passage found in Leviticus chapter 18, verse 8, as follows, The nakedness of thy father's wife shalt thou not uncover. It is thy father's nakedness. On account of this passage, it has been believed that the crime of Ham did not consist alone of seeing his father in an improper manner but rather of his own mother the wife of noah and of violating her if this was so how much more horrible therefore appears the character of ham and how much more deserving the curse which was laid upon him and his race of whom it was foreseen that they would be like this their lewd ancestor all egypt the sodomites the canaanite nations with all the negro heathen countries practised these outrages upon good order as stated by moses see leviticus chapter eighteen verse three and chapter twenty verse twenty three without shame or remorse as if indeed they considered themselves as being no better than the cattle of the fields for these things as foreseen they were abjudged judicially together with ham as an inferior race of men and could never be elevated on account of their natures the baleful fire of unchaste amour 
rages through the negro's blood more fiercely than the blood of any other people inflaming their imaginations with corresponding images and ideas on which account they are a people who are suspected of being but little acquainted with the virtue of chastity and of regarding very little the marriage oath in all the southern regions it is thus promiscuous intercourse of the sexes everywhere prevails among the blacks this state of things is attested to by abolitionists themselves in relation to the negroes of the southern states for the proof of this see the bible against slavery number six eighteen thirty eight page sixty three in a note as follows quote, to the female character among the black population we cannot allude but with feelings of bitterest shame a similar condition of moral pollution and utter disregard of a pure and virtuous reputation is to be found only without the pale of christendom the same is said by the rev james a thorne as recorded in the pamphlet above alluded to in a note page three and was part of a set speech delivered in new york may eighteen thirty four as follows quote, i would not have you fail to understand says mr thorne that this is a general evil what i now say i say from deliberate conviction of its truth that the whole states are sodoms and almost every family is a brothel i refer to the inmates of the kitchens not to the whites but all this is told and published to the world by abolitionists with the view of having it understood that this awful and ruinous propensity of the negroes as well as the practice is wholly owing to the institutions of slavery this however is not true for they have always thus been from the very days of ham their father down through their whole history whether in a civilized or savage state whether in the wilds of africa the islands of the sea whether enslaved or free it was always so with them that one passion conquers all and will conquer every mortal endeavor to elevate the race much above their present level there is but one power that can help them and this is the power which rescued the man of capernaum from the dominion of an unclean devil luke chapter four verse thirty three that alone can change this trait of the black man's character but although we admit as in the above sentence that there is a redeeming power which if sought unto by the negro man can and will heal him of that infirmity yet as we are informed this very sin infects even the sanctuary of religion in the south among the negroes for a proof of this see a paper entitled the colored american published in new york by charles ray number nine spruce street the date of this paper is march seventh eighteen forty this paper is devoted to abolition purposes 
in which is the following account of the travels of a certain minister of the gospel by the name of s hose through the southern country this man on arriving to the city of new orleans visited one evening a negro religious meeting over which a white preacher presided the congregation consisted of some eight hundred colored persons many of them seemed to be intelligent in their appearance their decorum in the church and attention to the sermon was worthy of all imitation they sung with great devotion and melody their piety the minister said was generally uniform and consistent but with one exception and what was that exception think ye it was promiscuous intercourse between the sexes which the pastor said was their formidable sin and of which they were guilty to an alarming degree and was common throughout all that country among the blacks in this fact is seen how powerful an influence lewdness exerts over the degraded and low-minded spirits of the african race yielding themselves up to mere sensuality and devilishness to the exclusion of all true virtue and elevation of the soul in their real character though reared up under the influence of the holy religion of christ we see as in the case above named no difference between them and the people of egypt lewdness being predominant in their characters and an indifference to the regulations of virtuous principles we consider that such things committed by the members of christian societies are if possible far worse than the same acts performed by the egyptians who were under the influence of a religion which favored and encouraged the gratification of sense in this particular but it is all one for it was the lewd propensities of that race of mankind which moved their ancestors in the days of ham and nimrod to invent and institute the rites of paganism which favored and even insisted that the gratification of that one passion was a cardinal virtue and pleasing to the gods wherefore in both cases whether under the supervision of the pagan or the christian religion the character of the race appears to be the same their nature predominates and that alone herodotus says that the women of egypt would approach the images of the male character of their own manufacturing in the open streets while multitudes were looking on and capering to the sound of music mixed with deep yells of revelry while these rites of bacchus were being accomplished were we to give a literal account of these images and the automaton machinery by which the obscene-shaped god was made to imitate life and motion it would not fail to offend we therefore desist fearing that we have already said too much and yet the truth should not be hidden on matters of this description more than on others and especially when the manners and religions of the ancients of mankind are concerned in such cases if timidity is allowed to conquer truth 
how is truth to be known even the scriptures do not hesitate to state facts of the worst description relative to the negro race and in language of the most honest character we therefore feel that duty in relation to the truth respecting the aim of this work must and ought to prevail moreover if a writer is not allowed plainly to state facts in the best manner he can on subjects of this kind which relate to the history of the human race in the early times of the globe and respecting the religion of those ages how is virtue and vice to be contrasted how is the religion of god incarnate to be exhibited as being infinitely better in its influences upon our race except by comparison and the exhibition of facts jezebel the worst woman ever heard of in the annals of mankind the wife of ahab one of the kings of israel not of judea was a negro woman the daughter of ethbal king of zidonia the zidonians were of the same race with the tyrians so often spoken of in the scriptures as being the inhabitants of tyre and zidon sidonius was one of the sons of canaan who was the son of ham and according to josephus built the city sidonius or zidon which was thus named after and in honor of its founder the city was adjacent to the kingdom of israel of which ethbal the father of jezebel and wife of ahab was king and proves Jezebel to have been a negress, because her father was a king of a negro people, descended from Ham by the lineage of Canaan, and Canaan's son Sidonius. That this Ethbal, the father of Jezebel, was king of Sidon at the time Ahab was king of Israel, is shown from 1 Kings chapter 16 verse 31, which reads as follows. And it came to pass, as if it had been a light thing for him, that is, Ahab, to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbal, king of Zidon, and went and served Baal, and worshipped him. Baal was one of the gods of the negro Canaanites but what his shape was is not known jezebel being a heathen of the worst description and a woman of great impudence and boldness of character as well as exceedingly beautiful as a negress captivated the vitiated imagination of ahab by her wiles and fascinations and became queen of the kingdom of israel having achieved this and united the house of her father with the renowned race of the jews she became anxious that her gods and religion should be honored by the king her husband and his people thinking thereby to increase the glory of her father's house and kingdom which had been shorn down and eclipsed of its ancient extent and greatness by the wars and victories of the jews during many hundred years as well as to extend the fame of her lascivious and darling religion 
in order to accomplish this she had temples built with the consent of the king her husband in which were celebrated the intoxicating rites of prostitution by the ministry of a great multitude of pagan priests of her own country as connected with the celebration of the rites of the zidonian religion she caused certain images to be manufactured in the form of priapuses which were fabled monsters bred in the brains of an idolatrous priesthood having the human shape from the waist upward below the waist there was the form of a bull or a he-goat with other members the shame of heathenism by wiles of this description she seduced ahab the king and with him vast multitudes of the subjects of his kingdom the israelites to the worship of the zidonian venus sometimes called in the scriptures astarta she persuaded her husband to build a house or a great temple in the forest where she had an image made of a standing tree fashioned after the likeness above described a priapus as the jewish rabbi relate this image was consecrated by her ministers as the tutelar divinity or guardian of the woods and vineyards that idol was like one that was made and worshipped by another woman of those times who was of the same principles with jezebel this woman's name was Maaka, who was the queen mother of asa one of the kings of judah who reigned but a little time before ahab was king of israel she was doubtless an acquaintance of jezebel being an adult woman when jezebel was but young or before she was married to ahab End of chapter 8a